This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, I find myself in a world of impossible architecture and inexplicable machines. I cannot fathom how it works, and I am terrified to put one foot in front of the other, lest I fall through the floor. Cue the music! Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me as always are the Destructo Bros. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Nate. Hey, it's Willie. How you Homeboys. doing? Homeboys. How y'all doing? What you guys been up to these past two weeks? Everything okay? The world hasn't ended, so we can give a thumbs up for that. Maybe, maybe a thumbs in the middle. I'll go thumbs in the middle. <laughs> Was the world supposed to end? I never get the memo anymore. I don't know. I'm sure one of those calendars said that it was that day. <laughs> was at some point between the last two weeks. Um, actually, uh, I remember seeing something on TikTok that I think it was like on the 24th, the rapture was supposed to happen. So There you go. See? There's always, there's always an end of days upon us. <laughs> oh, man. Let's, uh, I'm going to go clockwise. So let's go Nate. Yeah. What you been up to these past two weeks, my good sir? Yeah, so it's been just pretty chill time. Like, I've been playing a hell of a lot of Tears of the Kingdom, and I stand by what I said in my early review last time we recorded, that it's just like, what if Breath of the Wild was even better? <laughs> I'm like, honestly, I'm not really usually the kind of person that um, goes after the games that win Game of the Year or whatever, but... I have a hard time seeing this one not getting game of the year. Like unless like I, like we said last time, there's something incredible that we haven't we don't know about coming out. I don't think it's gonna be Lord of the Ring Gollum, I'll put it that way. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> that, oh boy. That game. Oh yeah, that one has had a spicy release. Oh my gosh, it? it's so funny because like I actually got an ad for it on TikTok. I was like, Whoa, this is out for modern PCs and modern consoles and not the Dreamcast. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Seriously the it's, it's especially wild because when I think of Gollum as a character, one of the like four things I think of is probably the most notable version of really excellent motion capture to animation ever. <laughs> right? And and yet this game looks like it really does look like a PlayStation Two game at best. The uh, I'll never forget, and I'm so ha- I'm, no, I'm not happy that that game is as awful as it is. I feel really bad for the developers. They probably got. Hey, but for everyone who's a big fan of Jedi Survivor or Hogwarts Legacy, at least your game isn't the bad launch of the year now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but like you, you, you do not get the Fallout seventy six, No Man's Sky, Cyberpunk seventy seven <laughs> award. I don't want to like throw shade at them. They were probably rushed to get that out the door because that's just the way publishers are these days to developers. Mm-hmm. I feel for devs. Fuck some publishers because they're all. I'm not. I'm not saying anything about anyone who did art or coding oh, or, no, 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 no. or anything for the game. That's not who I'm trying to make fun of. It's obviously you know all you know corporate pressure and all that. That being said, lol, this game sucks. <laughs> I just wanted to preface um, because, like, when we did that. Uh, the the uh, mock draft thing 
with the games and stuff. I remember Jeremy drafted Lord of the Rings Gollum and was like, man, that game's going to get me so many points. <laughs> I wish it would have came out. I wish it would have came out when that thing was going on so he could have ate that in the minus fucking whatever the fuck it was. It was supposed <laughs> to that come, game got like The game was supposed to come out last year and it just came out and it looks like this. It got delayed last year, yeah. I, or it might have been that or he wishful thinking drafted it in case it came out. Oh, okay. but I was like, yikes. <laughs> I'm sure he'll hear this. He'll hear this and clarify in the chat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not, it's not looking great. But other than just going balls deep in Tears of the Kingdom, which highly recommend, get it, get it, get it. Um, been pretty slow a couple weeks. I did check out this show called Jury Duty. It was Saturday. Sat on the couch. Did not get up off the couch for four hours. Been watched the entire thing. So the premise of this show, Jury Duty, is there's this guy who's doing jury duty. And he's there thinking he's filming a documentary what being a juror is like. Literally everybody else is an actor. So, oh my God. So, like, they're putting this one guy who thinks he's filming for this show in this room full of actors and, like, looking at it in hindsight, like, I can see why you'd fall for it, but, like, James Marston was there as himself, like, the actor James Marston. And, like, the whole premise of it is, like, they ended up getting sequestered, so they had to spend all this time in the hotel and then going to the court. Like, it was, like, a two-week-long experience for this one dude. And the <laughs> situations they ended up putting him in, like, for, like, they did this thing where they, um, like, the sequester, sequestration, I guess is how you pronounce that, they let him go out to um, have a dinner one night at a Margaritaville, and the actors were just going crazy, doing all this goofy shit. It was like almost like watching an episode of The Office, and this guy was just living this like it was his real life. <laughs> it just that sounds. Really I cool. highly recommend checking out Jury Duty. It's like the funniest fucking thing I've seen in a long time. And at the wow. end, like they were like, it's funny too because like it was almost like a morality test because they put him in these situations to see how he'd react. In the end, like this guy just seemed like such a nice genuine and honest dude and like at the end of it we're like dude you're awesome here's a hundred thousand dollars thanks don't be mad at us (laughs) (laughs) hey i would be ecstatic oh cool what was that on oh gosh you mentioned it i didn't hear it i'm sorry i didn't it was on this weird weird thing and it got um pretty big notoriety like a lot of tiktok clips and stuff from it started blowing off blowing up blowing off Okay, Nathan. It's blowing. It's blowing off. Uh, it might be Prime that that was on because I know it was actually something free okay. that they released. So I think you can just go on and watch it on Prime Video. Really good stuff. Word up! I will definitely look into that because that sounds like my kind of humor. Yeah, it's called a Free V Original Jury Duty. Like, free yeah, I, I think it's through Amazon. I think you guys would both really enjoy it. It's it's so funny. Because, like, and the funniest part about it, too, is, like, this guy didn't really know who James Marsden was, and they started hitting it off with him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm an actor. I was in um, Sonic. He's like, like, Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I heard that sucked. And James Marsden just looked at him like, damn. <laughs> 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 like, that's so damn funny. <laughs> yeah, check it out. I recommend it highly. That's me for these last couple weeks. All right, and that brings me to the Willmeister. Willie, what about you? 
Well, I mean, the obvious follow-up on the last episode is I started my new job this Woo! last couple weeks. Woo! That yeah, was not so, planned. <laughs> yeah, they just both wooed like Rick Flair at the same time. Uh, that was weird. You guys okay? Yeah, I got. we just got that drip, though. Got that Rick Flair drip. Anyway, um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's been going really well. I mean, at the office, they've been telling me things like, you know three days in and they're like yeah this is about how much we expected you to learn three weeks into the job so i'm definitely picking it up very quickly and getting a lot done but like on the other hand it's been really frustrating because it's like you start working you're like i've been working so much lately i just want to get my money i need to get paid and i don't get my first actual paycheck until friday but then like I, I've been doing a couple Uber deliveries over the last week, too, and then Uber screwed up everything on their end and disabled my cash-out ability entirely. Ouch. So then I had to set up a direct deposit, which I thought would clear on Monday because that's, you know, when the end of their cycle is. But no, it turns out direct deposits from Monday clear the next or the Thursday of that week. So I don't even get paid for what I was expecting to get paid for last Thursday until tomorrow. Or today, I guess, when you're listening to this. Unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case I get paid in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but then there was that, and then like I went to Taco Bell the other day, and they rang me up twice, and I've got a bank dispute going on with them, and nope, neither the bank nor the Taco Bell helpline could just immediately reverse the transaction, so I'm still waiting on that. And so I'm just really frustrated. I'm going to have money soon. I just wish this would have all happened after I got my first paycheck instead of before, you know? But once that's all cleared up and you have that money, you're going to be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be getting that good. You know, I'm going to buy Zelda, and I'm just going to sit there and play Zelda. Yeah, I can't finish. wait to get your reaction to that, dude. Like, there's parts of it I really want you to see. <laughs> I might, uh... Hit up Fit Girl, see if she's got got the hookup on it, and see. I bet she probably does by now. Mm-hmm. Probably by now. I'm sure uh, her her little her. I think it's her buddy Yuzu. Mm-hmm. I think that. Uh, I think yeah. I think I think Yuzu can can handle it. So I'll figure it out. I'm sure. Cuckoo. Figure it out. Figure it out. Uh, what else have I been up to? Uh, well, so I guess I got to do my Doom report because I always <laughs> have something Doom related going on. I uh, started playing a series of Doom Wads called Glaive. This one is just, like, really short and intense maps that uh, are inspired by Scythe, which was my favorite uh, Doom Wad. I've played Glaive 1 and Glaive 2 now. I couldn't get through the last map of Glaive 2 without cheating, and then I went back and played it through on the easiest difficulty level, just so I could say <laughs> I beat it. But the difficulty has spiked at this point, but before now, it was fairly easy. I was able to get through all of it on ultraviolet, uh, ultraviolet continuous play until that point. Um, then there's four episodes of it. So there was Glaive 1, Glaive 2, and I haven't started on War Glaive or Glaive 3 yet. But Glaive 3 has a really cool feature that I saw in there that it just sounds really cool, which is there's a thing you can do called Chaos Mode. So somewhere in each of the levels, there is a weird little switch that's like all fire blue colored. And if you press it, it just releases all of the monster traps and all the monster teleporters and stuff all at once. So just all of the enemies will be in the level at that moment. There's no trickle release of anything at that point on. Jesus. You just go right nice. in. Just go ham. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like that would be like that one level when me, you, and Nate were playing Quake and there was like a swarm or something and all of a sudden we just got flooded with enemies in that one room and they all... We just like we just all took turns like okay please don't die please don't die please don't die we need to res okay we're res you can die <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it would probably be a really fun one to do co-op if they have uh, co-op starts built in. Yeah. So. I think we fun. should dub right. this segment of the show Dane's Doom Corner. <laughs> that dude probably loves all the Doom talk whenever Willie gets into it. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I, just, I like to do the Doom. Yeah. like to do the Doom. Um, speaking of Doom, um, actually, you know, before I get to that, is there anything else you'd like to chat about, my brother? I don't want to step on you. No, but I think I know where that segue was going. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of Doom, I bought Warhammer 40k bolt gun. And man, is that game cool. I love... So yeah, they made a retro shooter game in the Warhammer 40k universe. Dude, it's it's stupid fun. It is insanely gory. I've heard that the titular bolt gun itself is one of the most crazy OP weapons that people have ever seen in a game, and that shooting people with it is like seeing uh, a balloon filled with blood get hit by a rocket. Yeah, dude, it's it's tremendous. It's tremendous. Even when you when you first start out and you don't have a gun and you just have like the chainsaw thing on your arm and you run up to an enemy and you're just like, and they just explode into this red sea of blood and guts. It's fantastic, and you can go into the uh, the options and stuff, and you can set the pixelation, and you can set like the the CRT ness. <laughs> I'll say, <laughs> yeah, tenus. That's almost sounded like penis, right? <laughs> we almost missed that oh, one. Shut up, tenus. <laughs> um, but dude, I I think both of you should get it and play it. It might be a game that we should do for the show because it is it is a blast from what I've played. I've done it, I've only played a couple levels. Don't get me wrong, I haven't gone through and like played the whole game yet, but it is just so stupid fun. And I'm very impressed at how smooth it runs, and at the same time, how how smoothly not smooth the animations are. Like the animations are Something still in crispy. like 15 frames a second. <laughs> like when you go and cock your gun and stuff, like you can tell it's that old style. But like the level itself looks, you know, it runs at like 60 frames and you're going everywhere. But the enemies and everything still have that old school style. It's just, I, it's so cool. That sounds awesome. It's so cool. As far as the gameplay goes, like even the most negative reviews I've seen said. Well, this is what Doom 2016 would have been like if it didn't have glory kills, and it shows how important glory kills were. So, like, if you think Doom 2016 without glory kills still sounds pretty good, yeah. which I do, <laughs> yeah, I would play the hell out of that. Yeah, and I really appreciate the art style. Like I said, I liked that retro mm. direction. And I was I was talking with uh, this guy I work with, Nick, and I was like, I got a, I said, dude, do you like Doom games? He goes, did you get Bolt Gun? Ha! And I just went, yeah. I said, dude, if you like those old Doom style shooters, man, I really like it. He goes, you know, I'm not a big fan of boomer shooters. And then he just raises his eyebrow and he goes, but I do love 40k. <laughs> See, and I'm like the complete opposite. I'm not terribly interested in 40k as a setting, but this would make me absolutely get in there and give it a go. You and know, I'm kind of the same way because you know me. I'm more about high fantasy than I am, mm. you know, uh, galactic space stuff. Don't get me wrong, I love that as well. But like the 40k and the futuristic sci-fi, I got um, Warhammer Warhammer 40k Inquisitor, which is a Diablo style game, and that's kind of gotten me into the point where I'm like, okay, let me see what else is. So now I have a bunch of different Warhammer 40k <laughs> games, just like that, because they had a sale and they were like a bunch of the older games of Warhammer were like $5. I'm like, yeah, let me snag that. Let me snag that. So I ended up with a bunch of XCOM games too. It's like, yeah, I'll get these eventually. 
Um, but yeah, dude, it's really been enjoying Bolt Gun. It is uh, it is a, a lot of fun. Is that the same series? It's like the Warhammer, like End Times Vermintide thing. So so there are yeah, yeah okay kind of there are two. I mean it's the same okay. universe. Yeah, Warhammer Vermintide and stuff happens in like the the Warhammer fantasy? old school fantasy, and then Warhammer yeah, there's Warhammer 40K. fantasy and there's Warhammer forty. Oh okay, gotcha. Yeah, and Warhammer forty thousand or forty k is what everybody calls it is the uh, like old, way in the future. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of different Warhammer games. You start looking into it, you're like, whoa. Because I have that Vermintide one on Steam, and they have Total War, Total War Two Warhammer on Epic. So I was just wondering if those were the same like universe, but that's like the old one, not the 40k. Got it. Yeah, yeah, that's the more fantasy. You're gonna see like goblins and dragons and things like that. Word up. There's still like orcs and stuff in the 40k universe. They're just kind of hilarious. <laughs> like the orcs of 40k. It's uh, first off, it's orcs spelled with a K, not a C, so you know they're <laughs> crazy. But like the orcs, um, they believe that anything you paint red automatically goes faster. And the other thing about orcs is they have such a powerful force of will that just because they believe it, it actually does become true. Nice, dude. If I ever do a tabletop game in a, in a Warhammer universe, not that I ever would. But if I did, if one of y'all played an orc and painted your shoes red, I would absolutely get let you have extra movement during battle and stuff. <laughs> because that would just crack me up, dude. <laughs> that feels like trying to play 40k with the uh, with the sensibility of a paranoia DM. <laughs> I wish I knew someone who had actually played paranoia before so I could learn it, so I could DM it for you guys, so you could DM it for me back. Because <laughs> goddammit, that game sounds so fun, but... I just feel like I, you know, I didn't mind picking up Monster of the Week and trying to DM it without ever having played with anyone else before. But Paranoia seems like one you got to do right, you know. There was a there was a Paranoia game in development for a while, like a video game. I don't know if it ever came out though. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Hmm. I have to look that up. Um. So what what else have I been up to? I've been working. Um. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I I sent you guys a, a clip of it. Uh, I had to move a ton of water the other day. Yeah, that was we a got lot in of like, I think it was three and a half pallets worth of twenty four packs of water stacked. Uh, I don't know what were they eight high, no, maybe seven six high. There, it was a lot of water. They were like, how big are pallets for people who've never seen a pallet? Are they like five by five, four by four? Uh, more like I'd say three by three. I don't know the exact dimensions. Okay, so I know you can get three sixty nine by four twenty. That's can, big. You can get like nine twelve packs. Like three six nine, you can get nine Damn on a pallet. Fun. Damn, she fun. Yeah. So after you come and talk it to me one more time, and we get low for a while, then uh, stack them like six high. Anyway, this is anyway, this is a lot of fucking water. So like, I did probably like like I said, three and a half pallets worth of that. And uh, of course, I was the only one in the back, so it was just me. Uh, gotta love it. And then I had a day of solace yesterday where I didn't have to do much of shit. I go in today. Oh, I'm sorry. When I'm in there last night, they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, the day I did the water that night, they had we had a cleaning crew come in. They were supposed to come in and clean the cooler and the, the freezer and all that stuff. What they did is they hooked up this big hose thing and they just sprayed everything down with this like water cleaning solution, including like all the products. So, like anything we were ringing up out of the cooler that night was just soaking wet with water. So I go in the next Brain day. geniuses. And they're like, hey, we need you to go fill... Uh, the cooler and the freezer, but be careful in the freezer. The floor is like a sheet of ice. And I'm like, all right. 
<clears throat> so I go in there. So I thought about it today when I went in, and I was like, do we have a mallet? And they're like, yeah, we got a rubber mallet. Give it to me. And I spent damn near my entire shift in this fucking, like, I don't know, 20-degree cooler, wrapped up in a jacket with gloves on, just pounding the floor with this mallet, breaking up all of this ice. And then I went and got a scraper and was scraping the stuff. I couldn't mallet up and get in the walls and stuff. And it was just like, dude, I had so much what I'll call snow because it was just really powderized ice. It's basically what snow is. I wanted to make snowballs and just walk out and start chucking them at my coworkers. I didn't know if that would go over well because <laughs> then I'd have to clean it up. But uh, if the if the ice didn't look like semi gray, I would have done that. But yeah, that was I, dirty I ice. Throwing it all away. It was dirty ice. It was that. It was that dirty, dirty. You don't want none of that. At least it wasn't yellow. Be concerned if it was. <laughs> I'd be, I would be very concerned if it was. I'd have been like, dude. What was that worker doing in here? Whatever he damn uh, well pleased. What Bam Margera, what will he do next? Whatever the fuck I want. Uh there's there's a throwback. Everyone's gonna be like, holy shit, yeah, that's right, Viva LeBam was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see what else I've been We're doing. We're not showing our age on this podcast at all, talking about Viva <laughs> LeBam and three six nine damn she <laughs> <laughs> Any of y'all remember Pogs? <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny is I have two things of Pogs. I have my Pogs and then I have my cool looking Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm that nerd. Um, let's see. Uh, hung out with Brandy some. So like Memorial Day weekend, I went with Brandy to her uh, family, like barbecue, had some food and stuff. It was fantastic. So it comes up. Oh, oh. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but uh, for the first time in 15 years, I am under 300 pounds, my, gen- my good gentleman. Yo, I am uh, down to, last time I weighed, I was 289, I believe. So I'm working. 289, damn you, <clears throat> My next, thank you. My next uh, my next goal was 275, and then I want to try, you know, and I'm just going to slowly lower it. I don't want to set it to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shoot for 225 and then just, like, not get there and be upset. So yeah. I'm doing increments, you know. Um, I would even be happy with 280 right now. Uh, but anyway, um, her mom was like commenting. She's I hadn't seen her mom in years, and she's like, "Oh my god, you look so good!" Yada yada yada. And she's like, "Oh, your hair's not that long anymore, huh?" And I took my ponytail or my bun down, and she was like, "Oh, there it is." <laughs> and she goes, "You know, Dalton plays guitar," <sighs> which is fine. Don't get me wrong. I just knew immediately. I'm like, all right. I'm going to start talking about music now. And then this guy gets up and disappears. And he comes back holding the guitar. And I was like, I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. I'm going to be the entertainment now. So he sits down. Luckily, me and him were passing the guitar back and forth, and he was doing some picking and stuff. And I really enjoyed listening to him play. Um, So he hands me the guitar, and he hands me his guitar pick. Now, both of you have played around with guitars so you will know what i'm talking about so i'm going to try to describe this to the listeners but while showing you my get yeah and yes my guitar pick has a pot leaf on it <laughs> um the guitar picks that i use are thick they don't flop yeah right and the lowest that i like to go are mediums and they have 
a little bit of flop, but not much. This dude handed me a pick that I could have ripped in half with my fingers. And and it, and that kind of pick is really good for the kind of stuff that he plays. You know what I'm saying? Like the little like like just picking chords and playing little ditties. And I was honestly, like I'm not hating on the dude. Dude was good at guitar. I was impressed, right? I'm not hating the dude. He just used a bitch pick for bitch music. <laughs> <laughs> no, god. But I struggled so hard and I always used to keep a guitar pick in my wallet and I looked in my wallet and it wasn't there. And I was like, damn it. So I did my best. And he also didn't have a capo, so I couldn't bust out any of my really cool sound and stuff. But uh, I did I did have fun. Um, and then what else? Let's see. Uh, oh, I've been playing some more Sacred Gold. Dude, I'm going to throw that at y'all sometime soon, even if I got to buy it for you. It's on Steam and it's on GOG. But let's just go with our experience with older games and let's just go ahead and say that that episode will be a gog complex yeah i'm with you on that yeah yeah fallout 3 has kind of poisoned the well on this particular one for us and uh well i always and i should have known better back then um but i i always get my old games if i can on gog because like we've talked about before it's for the good old games are for good old games that's what they're all about and they get them running for you like even like the older games that usually you would have to run through dos like they they pre-configure dos box to get it running for you and it, that's just so nice of them they don't have to do that steam don't do that no, they don't. <laughs> but uh we're all still a little mad about fallout 3. A, and if y'all you know if y'all didn't particularly like the resolution that sacred plays in there is a way that we could get around that because it is you know the older square style screen and do not alt tab out of it yeah. <laughs> but uh but it's it's just it's a lot of fun. Think uh you I know you guys have played like Diablo and Diablo 2 back in the day. Think about those games if they were open world. If it okay. was just one big that map. Cool. Um Let's see what else. Uh there was one Hold on, let me look at my recently played cuz there was one other game I wanted to bring up. And my brain is taking a dump right now. Uh, I messed around with some Path of Exile. It's all right. I think if I dove more into it deeply, but I don't want to get sucked into an MMO. I already made a new character in Black Desert. Uh oh. And I'm like, uh, I just honestly, I just really want to get to the point where I can buy a boat and go fishing in that game <laughs> because the graphics are so good and the fishing is fun. And also, like, if I need to get up and go do something, I can just let it sit there and idle, and it will auto fish. If you're not actively fishing, it just takes longer to catch a fish. Um, but there is a game that I started to play, and Willie actually was mentioning it in the uh, in the chat that he saw me playing it. And uh, it's real good. Divinity Original Sin. I'm trying real hard not to get sucked into that game. Uh, it is the reason I did not beat the Talos Principle again. <laughs> um, wow! I beat I I beat Talos Principle the first time. It's just this time I didn't because it was like, man, I'm really having fun with Divinity. <laughs> um, so I've been messing around with that. Uh, I did have a couple pickups. I got. I finally snagged Doom Eternal. Nice. Um, cool. Got that for cheap. I didn't get the the fancy 
version with all the DLC the and like stuff. A, the ancient gods. Yeah. All that, yeah, I figure if I like the game enough, I'll get those eventually. Mm. Um, yeah, I got a game called Data Live Rio Reincarnation, which is like a visual novel dating sim type thing that y'all would not be interested in. Um, the game that I got that I think you both might be interested in though is a game called Lost in Random. Either of you have you seen this? Have you heard about this? No. Okay. It it is like a little uh, 3D platformer with a very gothic style. Um, let me pull up the store page and hit the link so you guys can at least visualize what I'm trying to talk to you about. I just realized mm-hmm. that might help. I'll post it in our little uh, stream chat here. So it looks really just cute, but also awesome. At the same time, I like the art style a lot. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. Yeah. And it got relatively good ratings. You know what I mean? It looks like a Tim Burton game almost. So I was like, okay, I'll check that out. It was uh it was on sale. It may still be on sale. Um I got all three of us for the stupidest reason. We could have easily emulated this game. But I bought us all Homefront the Revolution. And I'm sure people are listening are like, why? Like, Homefront's not really one. I have both Homefront games now, and it's not really a series that you ever hear anyone talk about, right? It could be a sleeper, by the way. It could be one that we play and we're like, dude, why does nobody talk about I have no idea. But in Homefront the Revolution, apparently at some point during the game, there is an arcade machine. And on that arcade machine, you can play Time Splitters 2. And it has the first two levels. But there is something that you can do. It's either in the game's code or it's like a cheat code that you put in one of the two or it's an, a file that you have to edit. But you can unlock the entirety of Time Splitters 2. Obviously the multiplayer is not going to work. But like the campaign, all the other stuff, you can unlock the entirety of the game inside of Homefront the Revolution for no reason. <laughs> and I, I love that. <laughs> I'm here for it. That game was like on sale for like three something. So I was like, fuck yeah, we're all getting that right now. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, I don't know. Time Splitters is one of those ones where like I rented it a couple times and I remember it being like really neat. Like I liked how it felt like the logical follow up to like the perfect dark games. and It just felt like it didn't get enough of a, you know, fair shake. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed them playing them with my friends because we didn't have nintendo 64 so like none of us had golden eye yeah. so our golden eye was time splitters 2 and then when time splitters future perfect came out which i mean it, doesn't it literally have like a level based on the damn level from the original Goldeneye? yeah i believe so i do believe so um i remember there being a damn level in time splitters because i remember having to shoot the uh the crazy character that has a fish bowl for a head with a fish in it that's the thing i love about time splitters is that there's like 80 characters and they're all ridiculous um the only other game that I got that I wanted to touch on before we can move on is I got, and this game's still in alpha, but it's called uh, SCP-5K. Okay. Um, it is an SCP... Oh, I'm going to go to the store page and just read you the description. SCP-5K is a cooperative tactical horror shooter project that puts players in the midst of a story inspired by SCP-5000 by Tainhoney. Um I don't remember which one 5,000 Neither was. do I. If you want to look that up real quick, while I kind of describe the game, yeah, I we can, can do, do that. that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it says, I don't want to scare Nate away with the word tactical, 
it's not like a tactical RPG. It's more think uh, Rainbow Six, like that kind of shooter where it's not like Call of Duty where you're like, it's like you can actually like lean around walls and you know that kind of thing. Um, I had a blast with it so far. Um, I haven't run into any SCPs yet, although I know that they do exist in the game. But I have ran into uh, anomalies of sorts where they're just like crazy monsters running at me. And th- I've had some j- jump scares, not for the fact that they were programmed to jump scare me. It's just like I turned a corner and boom, there was an enemy there. And I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, you ugly motherfucker. Take a bullet to the head. Bam. But that's one thing I like about it being a tactical shooter. If you get them with a good shot to the head, dead. Like, that's satisfying. I as much as I love Borderlands, it's so unsatisfying to lay 10 bullets into a dude's head and it's like he's got half his health bar left. I'm like, are you kidding me? But I have to try to remember it. Borderlands is just an RPG with guns. Like, <laughs> like it is. So did you find what uh, SCP-5000 was? This is um, a very complicated one that's going to be really hard to explain. <laughs> Fair enough. If anybody wants to look it up... <laughs> Look up SCP-5000. Uh, I would really like to play some more SCP stuff for the show. Uh, you, you guys know I love that spooky shit. I think 5000 was kind of like a, the archive of an alternate universe in which the foundations, uh, the, the O5s, basically uh, changed their assignment from the protection of anomalous things to the extermination of humankind. So, yeah. Oh. All right. Uh, yeah, so far... In the current side, there's about a one to two hours of story content. Um, unless you're me and get lost roaming around, and then you can get an hour or two just in that first fucking area you're in. <laughs> but yeah, I I got this in alpha because I wanted to support a SCP game, and it looks promising. Um, you know, it's it's hit and miss with early access stuff. We all know that, but. I, I hope to see more out of this because just playing the alpha, this game's got fucking potential. Hell yeah. It really does. And I think it would be a great multiplayer game. Like having you and a couple buddies going in there as a squad, like, bro, it could be real fun. So I will keep people updated on this as it gets updated. Cool. Definitely looking forward to that. All right. Boys, we played a game. And we played a game called the Talos Principle, and I clicked the wrong thing. Here we go. The Talos Principle. But before we get into our thoughts and the fact that this is a revisit, instead of obligatory Wikibootia bullshit. Wikibootia. Wikibootia. I like that better. Much better than Wikifeet. I mean, I would argue, but we won't get into that. Uh Wikipedia, where the fuck did that even come from? The obligatory Wikipedia bullshit, or otherwise known as, and the much easier to say, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> that might just be what we call it now, Wikipedia. Uh, the Talos Principle is a 2014 puzzle video game developed by Crow Team and published by Devolver Digital. It was simultaneously released on Linus. Oh, Linus, yeah, on Linus, Linus. You know that character from. Linux OS X and Windows in December of 2014. It was released for Android in May 2015. I cannot imagine playing this on a phone. No. Uh, and for PlayStation 4 in October 2015, iOS in 2017, and 
Xbox One in 2018, and Nintendo Switch in 2019. Wow. That, that was Felt like a lot of dates. That's a lot of releases for one game. <laughs> uh, and the virtual reality-enabled versions for the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive were released on the 18th of October 2017. A DLC entitled Road to Gehenna was released on the 23rd of July 2015. The game features a philosophical storyline. It takes the name from Talos of Greek mythology, a giant mechanical man who protected Europa in Crete from pirates and invaders. Other names taken from mythology and religion used in the game include Elohim, Gehenna, or Gehenna uh, Samsara, and Uriel. So, this is definitely a puzzle game. Yep. So, um, to so to quickly run through the, the fact that this is a revisit, I wanted to play this game with you guys because originally, uh, and anybody listening can go back and listen to it, um, we did an episode on this uh, with Ryan. Me and Ryan did it back in the day. And I remember Ryan not beating it, but wanting to see the end of it. So we ended up doing like a, a wrap up of sorts, like a second episode. And that didn't get near as many views as the first one. And it's like, oh man. I, so I wanted to revisit it for one, because I thought y'all would have more input on it to be completely honest. I love Ryan to death, <laughs> but, um, and two, I just really felt like replaying this game to see if, to see if here, here we are two years, almost three years later if this game was still as good as I remembered it being. Now, obviously, we'll get to that. Um, I'm more curious as to your guys' first impressions running into it. Um, I'll start with Willie. Willie, what were your first impressions jumping into this game? Um, Did you have any expectations? Did you know anything about the game beforehand? So, um, the main thing I really knew about this game going into it was... It's a really, you know, highly regarded puzzle game. I don't think I actually listened to the original Steam Machine episode about this game, so I'd kind of... How fucking dare you, sir? <laughs> I don't watch this show. This show sucks. Fair enough. Continue. I'm a fan of, um... What's another video game podcast? Tadbog, Tyler and Dave Play Old Games. Shout out. Yeah, that, that one's an actual good one. I was gonna say an ironic one instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. Uh, but yeah, so, um... All I knew was basically that this one is a, I mean, it's a puzzle game. It's very philosophical in nature. And although I wasn't told what the exact nature of it was, I understood that it was something to do with like, you know, uh, consciousness and AI and that sort of thing. So yeah, that, that, that's all I knew going into it. You want my first impressions too, or should we go around further on that? Oh, uh, we can get Nate's thoughts on that and then we can go to first, your first impressions. Yeah, what'd you know about going into it, Nate? Well, you know, I did listen to the original episode on the Talos Principle, so I had a had a boy had a pretty good um, grasp of what the game was about and all that fun stuff. Fair enough. Yeah, and then of course I knew what I was getting into because I'd already played it. So then we'll just continue this cycle of Willie. Then, uh, what were your first impressions jumping into it? Well, um, as often is the case, I've been kind of busy and I was the last one to start the game. So I actually saw a few of your messages to each other before I even jumped in and played it at all. And so I'm reading all these messages and I'm like, you know, I think I might hate God. And I'm like, you know what? I think I need to play this game right away and figure out what the hell is going on and why you would say that. <laughs> uh, so then I got into it and it, um, I don't know, I really liked the uh very like clean like ruins aesthetic of what you were going into and then like how it juxtaposes immediately with like 
themes of AI, networking, um, obviously the philosophical things. Like, one of the first things you see is a computer terminal that links you to the Milton library. So, like, obviously that's reference like Paradise Lost and all that. And then the game really rapidly starts mixing you up with, um, you know, mythological and, like, both, like, Judeo-Christianical and, uh, like ancient classical mythology and then like renaissance philosophers enlightenment philosophers in between and very early on i'm starting to wonder okay was this game made by people with affluent knowledge of all of this or is this kind of like the the matrix kind of thing where they're name dropping everything they can think of that's vaguely related yeah like um i think i saw something from aristotle um socrates um bofides um <laughs> Not getting us with that one, buddy. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Testicles, my right hand man. <laughs> Sorry, continue, Willie. I was just being a dick. No, 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 that was basically it. That was kind of my jump in. Okay. Uh, then what about you, Nate? Yeah, my, <clears throat> my first jump in, I was like actually really surprised at how good the game looked because I knew it kind of was an older game, but like graphically holds up super, super duper well. Um, and immediately starting to play it, I didn't really realize what the game would look like when I got in. And I was kind of impressed by that. But then when you finally start getting into gameplay, I was like, oh, shit, this is a lot like Portal with more stuff. So I was immediately yeah. kind of drawn in and excited to play that. And then, like, when you finish puzzles, you get this feeling of satisfaction, especially when you're starting to get into harder puzzles. Like, it starts off with really basic, easy stuff. But then, there's like... Yeah, once you start solving it, you really get into it. You're like, oh, yeah, this feels really damn good. I had a lot of trouble putting it down once I started playing it. Yeah, yeah I would say my first session also was, like, really long because I, like, just really enjoyed the early drip of, like, new puzzle mechanics and new, like, uh, structures of those mechanics. Like, I think, especially in the early game, it did a great job of arranging a couple elements in really clever ways. Yeah, I feel like they they did a good job of whenever they would introduce a new mechanic, like they wouldn't make the puzzle they introduced it in hard. They just made it where it was like, okay, so this is what I need to do with this item. And then the next puzzle would be a little bit harder. And then like, you know, three or four, four puzzles later, those are fully integrated and you're no longer like, you know, um, training wheels are off as far as that item goes. And then you start getting into... We'll, we'll talk about the cross puzzle stuff later but yeah like in in the story yeah. that made sense because like what the whole premise behind it is you're this basically newborn person quote unquote and god is trying to teach you and prepare you to be a good follower of elohim the god yeah fun fact I just assumed that that thing was God. Like I did not realize that Elohim was Brit or British. <laughs> <laughs> My God, dude! My brain is all over the place today. I did not realize that it was uh, Jewish, like in Hebrew, for uh, the name of God is Elohim. So I didn't realize that. So it was just like I am Elohim, or as we'll touch on later, the version that I played. <laughs> yeah, you can call me Elohim. <laughs> um. But yeah, dude. Um, so I just kind of assumed that that was the voice of God because it was loud and booming and like my child and doing all that kind of thing. It was very, very much God vibes, which immediately gave me like, all right, well, what do you want from me? Yeah. 
Because <laughs> there's always, they always want something. And also, like, it um, really, really early on intentionally contrasts, like, the booming voice of God with, like, this obvious artificiality of the place you're in. Yeah. Um, I do like um, how, and this might be, I guess we, we don't want to necessarily talk about the game literally, linear, whatever the fuck word I'm looking for, um, in a linear sense. Like, I really enjoyed how, like, as the game progressed, um, you would be running around and you would just hear, and that was, you you knew it was just parts of the level were just glitching out, but they were glitching out on purpose, you know, and it was always cool to catch one of those, like, where you're looking at a wall and all of a sudden it's like, and the wall just kind of, like, turns really strange looking and then shoots back to normal. You're just like, huh. Yeah, it was full of a lot of really neat little touches like that, and I really appreciated that. One of my favorite parts of the game, too, was, like, we talk a lot about the um, kind of like philosophical and godlike things in this game. There's also the whole <clears throat> point of more like the programmer's thoughts that program this kind of simulation and thing that you're working in. Like, I really enjoy getting her thoughts of what was going on and like how like the world was essentially ending. They don't really think they described why the world was ending. So I was really kind of curious about that, where all of humanity ended up being gone, but. I have, I have an answer for that. Would you like to know? Oh, continue. Yeah, so I just like really enjoyed the way they handled those segments as well. So, what ended the world in this game's world scenario was that global warming kept going and uh, like basically uh, melted the glacier stuff, which unlocked a disease that was... Uh, like dormant in the permafrost and it just it came out it was nothing like any of the humans have ever experienced and it basically wiped out humanity before they ever could find a cure for it and uh this was humanity's last attempt at trying to start the world over basically so this was like one of the 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 attempts got it and before i forget before i forget boys we did it again because we mentioned we were going to play the Talos Principle. This game came out how many years ago? Almost 10 years ago. And in the two weeks that we were playing it, there was a Sony State of Play for PlayStation. Yep. And during this Sony State of Play for PlayStation, they showed a trailer for a game called the Talos Principle 2. <laughs> yeah, like, this makes us have to be really careful with our host picks moving forward because who knows <laughs> what we're going to unleash upon the world right like <laughs> i can't even count how many times this is now that we we talk about something on the show and we're like man we'd love to see a sequel to that or something and it never happened a week or two later hey guess what's coming out fuck your face five we're like oh my god i love fuck your face four so much <laughs> like it's just ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous um but yeah i just wanted to bring that up that we we did it again we did it again um, do you have a a puzzle that you remember that was like the first one that made you go, hmm, how am I going to do this? Because I have a very specific one. I can go first if you guys would like to think about it for a second. There was one that I can really 
imagine it was one with a bunch of just like the lights, actually the laser beams that you had to use to kind of um, connect them so they could go into like things to open doors for you. <clears throat> this one was very much with a lot of windows and stuff. So you had to like aim your yeah. things in specific different ways. And I was like, Oh God, I only have like, I feel like I need five of these tripods and I only have three. How the hell am I ever going to do this? And it's just like I said earlier, like the whole, you finally do figure it out and you're like, I'm a goddamn genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say it was definitely a, a laser reflector puzzle for me. I think it was the first one where you had to actually use elevation to make sure that the uh, blue and red beams don't cross. Don't cross the streams. Yeah, I think that was literally streams. what the puzzle was called. <laughs> it was, it was one of those puzzles that made me stop playing this time. Uh, but that's not the one that I was thinking of. The one that was the first one that made me go, hmm, I have to really sit here and think about it. You walk into this area, and there's a big square, and there's a bunch of fans, right? And you have to... Here's the here's how you solve the puzzle, because I don't know how to describe it other than that. You set the fans up where uh, there's there's one on the ground, and you need that to float up. No, I'm sorry. You need to stack two boxes next to it. And then you float up to the top of those boxes. And at this point, you have these other fans set up that are going to, because these fans are going to blow you to the other side of the level. I remember this one. And it's going to catch you and then throw you to the left. So you have to get up onto these boxes by like floating up, landing on it, standing in the laser beam that's keeping this fan over here going, keeping you away from the piece you need. And when that shuts off, you have a minuscule amount of time before that beam thing fills that meter back up and that fan starts again. So you have to block that. It shuts that off. You then jump off those two, land in that fan. It blows your ass across halfway across the level. And then you can shoot over real quick and get the piece if you're quick enough. And it's like, yeah, Jesus. Remember that would take me a while. And yeah, that's kind of what you're doing in this game is you're solving these puzzles and you're collecting these pieces that look like Tetris pieces. And those Tetris pieces you collect are then in turn used to solve additional puzzles later. It's kind of an interesting way they set that all up. There were some times that I spent more time on door puzzles than I did on actual puzzles. Like, just trying to get those pieces to fit right. I'd be like, I would get it set up perfectly where all I needed was a Z piece. Yeah, but no. that's not the piece I had. I had a I had an L piece. And it was like, how did I get this where I could perfectly fit in a Z piece right there? And I don't even have a Z piece in this entire thing. How did I do? I don't understand. The most frustrating was when you would set it up and be like, I have the L, but I would have had to need the other L. Yeah. Like, how did y'all end up doing these? Did you really think them through, or did you just kind of... <clears throat> I started to get to the point where I was starting to learn things about them, I and at least could set up like enough of it going that it didn't just feel like trial and error. Like It felt like I was like, uh, you know, I know that this kind of piece can only fit against this, so... I'll have to build out from that, and I need this, so if I start moving this shape piece, then I can maybe shuffle things around and we'll see where they go. But it still did feel like I was getting better at it, but I was never absolutely confident in it, you know? Yeah, I absolutely brute-forced those puzzles, man. I was just like, I'm going to slam all my pieces down and just move them around until I find a way that works. (laughs) I felt like I was getting better at them, but I never felt like I was good at them. Like I was like a happy medium between the two of you. Mm. Like I would brute force it until I started kind of, I would glance over the pieces and be like, okay, I can guess that this is going to be in the corner. 
and then I would build from there. And then if it would get to the point where I'm like, motherfucker and then i started going the nate where i'm just <laughs> throwing pieces and i'm like okay you fit there motherfucker no you fit there and eventually it would work yeah <laughs> and so like the interesting thing is you collect those tetris pieces throughout the other levels and then you use those to unlock doors or unlock additional mechanics in the game so the game starts off or very much more simple puzzles like the first thing you end up doing in the game is you have a thing that will stop um, basically another functioning object. So like there's these electronic doors. If you set this jammer up against it, it will stop the door and you can open the door and get around it. So a lot of the beginning puzzles were like, we jam a few things so we can find the next jammer to jam things and get through the puzzles that way. And as you progress through the game, you unlock more and more different elements to the puzzles, which makes them in turn a lot more complicated. Um, I believe the second one was the laser beams that we had mentioned a little bit earlier that used to open doors. And then I think the fans, if I remember correctly, come after that. It was either the fan or the block. I feel like the one of the block ever unlocked. I think the block was always just there. I mean, I think you had. No. Yeah. You had to unlock the block. block. Okay. Well, maybe the block came next. I can't remember exactly the order of everything. Um, Yeah. And then another another thing was the fans. And then there was one, and this is where I thought the game started to lose me a little bit because I didn't like the last couple mechanics in it. The the recorder. The recorder where... I really did not enjoy that mechanic at all. And the platform where the platform was the most contrived, convoluted of all of them where basically what you had to do for the platform was you had, had to be used in conjunction with the time stopper thing. And what it was was you could carry this platform over your head while you were recording and then replay time, and you could use that platform as a platform. I just thought that was real convoluted and silly. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mechanic for the sake of a mechanic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I feel like it was a, a lot of purity to the jammer and the uh, the jammer and the uh, reflector. And then, like, I also did actually enjoy the blocks and the uh, fans. But I just felt like every time they added a new mechanic, there was a little bit of purity lost in it, you know? In a way that I didn't feel that, like, Portal lost purity when it added the uh, repulsion gel and shit. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I like the recorder stuff because, like don't get me wrong when you start getting into the tower and it's it's much more annoying but when they first introduce it a couple of those puzzles really use it well um and i do i do enjoy it um but my my thing is like as the game goes on and you get the more mechanics it's like you start to get used to them so they have to make the puzzles harder mm. and harder and more ridiculous and more and i am like i would like to meet the people who designed some of these and like just find out what did they use to design this? How did they figure out, okay, this is what we're going to do with this and people aren't going to be able to figure it out or like, how did they figure it out at all? Um, I feel like a lot of it was probably based on overhead views and just, you know, building red herrings into a puzzle and working backwards from there. Cause I do feel like there's also a certain point in the game where you start to run into red herrings and puzzles that make things just, almost more artificially difficult yeah there's especially a few examples of bad red herrings in the tower one of them really kind of pissed me off because like turns out i could just kind of ignore half the puzzle if i just ignored just one part i was like i'm not too happy and while the game 
and the game does try to teach you that fairly early on. There's a puzzle in like the first world out of the six, the, the, the I'm sorry, the, out of the four buildings. One of the built puzzles very early on, although it's a red puzzle, so it's immediately optional, is called Deception. And it's basically there to teach you, hey, you don't need to actually get the lights all up to one of these. You're trying to get most of them and then like, you know, light up the other one with a jammer or whatever. Yeah. But still, um, like, that, I mean, just because you've told me that we don't have to use every pl- uh, block to play the puzzle doesn't mean that, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It feels like there's a, set, a little bit of cruelty to adding a bunch of unnecessary parts on one end of the puzzle that don't ever get used. And then you want to talk about some shit, because now I, now I can kind of get into this since we're kind of just freeform chatting about it, like, Willie, at, at some points, uh, you, you saw the gold stars around, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. There are some puzzles, and I sent a screenshot of this as an example to Nate, uh, because I don't think you were quite as far as us at the point. But in order to get one of the gold stars, you have to shoot a laser beam from one puzzle to another. Yeah, I thought that might be the case, because I saw definitely a couple of them that had like red receivers without any red lasers or whatever. Yeah. But I just you really to, didn't care. Yeah, see, set the door up. See, with those, I thought there was yeah. going to be <clears throat> a mechanic unlocked where you could change the color of the laser with one of the, like, reflector kind of things. That, and that's kind of what I thought. So I was like, oh, this is something to come back for. But no, it was like you said, you had to set up something from one puzzle to go all the way out to another puzzle. And, um, and like, the one thing about it was, like, the, the um, stars, which we're talking about, were completely optional. Like, they're an additional collectible, like... The other puzzles are all locked behind gates and things. Uh, I mean, I mean, there, there's a point, there's a to point them, but they're I mean, option. Like they're yeah. for an additional ending, whatever. Um, yeah. But, uh, but like the reason I decided not to go for the stars too is because a the rest of the puzzles are segmented off to where you know where each piece is. It tells you this is where you get the red L piece. I'm like, okay, cool. The stars, it just tells you there's stars somewhere in the area without telling you where they are. And it's a lot more of a scavenger hunt at that point than puzzle solving just to find where the star is. And then once you find where the star is, you have to do some ridiculous garbage to get to it. There's also, um, if you want the achievement, this is just for Chivo Hunters. There are terminals hidden in some of the levels, like outside of the puzzles and stuff. Um, And there are also um, those floating tapes that are like the, the the woman's voice who is like one of the people working in this place. Um, I think maybe even the designer of it. Um, there, there are those hidden out there too that are also just a collectible to go and find. So I would say, yeah, that there are scavenger hunt elements to this if you go out and you're wanting to find that type of stuff. You're going to have to hunt for it. Like, for example, um, that axe that you get. Yeah. You just randomly find it in the third building, like there's an axe, and you can use that to break down wood doors and stuff. But in certain worlds you go into, there will be like wood doors and things, but you can't bring the axe in there with you because it goes away as you enter. So somewhere hidden in that level is something you can use to break that open and then go in there and get whatever collectible or hidden thing is in there. Um, so it there are like deeper levels to it, but at the end it's like, did it need that? I don't know. That's that's up for debate yeah and i get I the that. idea that it was trying to test you and be like okay can you defy the intended programming or whatever and really think outside the box but ultimately it's a puzzle game that a human being programmed and we're still just thinking inside of your box yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and and as the game progresses 
Like you're getting these uh, declarations from Elohim, who's just like, you know, go forth, my child, do my puzzles, and I will grant you eternal life and whatever the fuck. In the third building, there's the big shiny doors. But like um, the other side, though, because that's your God. Like you said, the Milton Library. That's almost considered like like in like the QR codes that are hidden throughout. So like throughout the game, you just see QR codes on the wall, and when you like highlight them and like look over them and stuff, it'll display a little message like somebody had left. And there are a few different people that always pop up, and they mentioned the serpent in the terminal. Yeah, uh, it's very 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 biblical, and it and it is absolutely. The terminal is constantly asking you, like, why are you listening to this voice that's just telling you what to do? Why do you so blindly follow him? You know, like, do you even exist? What is existence? What like and it starts asking you all these types of things, like the things that the devil would have asked you in in the in the biblical uh, garden when you you take the fruit of knowledge and things like that. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. I really liked it. I'm curious what you guys thought of the overall, like the arcing story of what you've, well, Willie, of what you've seen. And then Nate, I know you, you beat it. Which ending did you get, by the way? Um, I got the ending where I woke up in the real world as a robot and walked outside. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the canonical ending. Um, or considered the, uh, the, the good ending. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured it was because what I did was I played through completion to I beat all the puzzles in the game and then climbed the tower and did all that part of it. Um, interesting. I have a question. When did you guys decide in game, not in real life, to that you wanted to turn your back on God? Well. I'll use my first playthrough because this playthrough I was pretty much listening to him just to see the different side of it. Um, <clears throat> but on my first playthrough, it was when the computer started being like, and I, I hate that I'm saying that it was like the computer, like the devil got to me, but he did. Cause he was like, why are you just listening to this dude? What is pushing you forward to just blindly follow this voice that's talking to you? Why? And I started asking myself, it's a good question. Why do I do this in any video game? Why do I even play video games? Yeah, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden I'm question. I'm having an existential crisis <laughs> because because the devil and the computers talk to me. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I remember I pissed the devil off in my playthrough because like, he kept asking me questions. I was like, no, I'm going to push every button. That's me asking him a question now. <laughs> and it popped up an achievement for me saying like like questioning the devil or something. And I was like, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for honest, me, I played, I played nice with both factions. Like <laughs> very early on, I decided, oh, I don't trust either of you, so I'm just going to keep my options open until I see an exit. Yeah. So I guess that probably tells you something about my personality. <laughs> <laughs> for me, the moment I knew I was done with God <laughs> um, was I was doing this one really difficult puzzle, and I knew I was almost at the solution. And then all of a sudden, this voice, my child, if a puzzle is too difficult, you can still progress with other puzzles. Feel free to leave this one and return another time. And I'm just like, fuck you, God, I won't do what you tell me. 
<laughs> and I was like, yeah, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> you, you, he's being a pushy bitch. He knows I'm about to solve this puzzle. He doesn't want me to. <laughs> You're too yeah. smart for him. You got him. Now, I will say, I happily did solve every puzzle in the game to beat the game to completion as I did without using any sort of guide. That's impressive, sir. So I need you to help me out then. Because <clears throat> the puzzle that made me be like, you know what? I already beat this game once. <laughs> Was there's one <clears throat> where it's just a, it's a, it's a square room. And then there's a smaller square room in the middle. It's got three windows. And you got to use the... There's a red laser with two or three red ports that open doors and stuff. There is a... I don't even think there's a jammer. No, yeah, there's a single jammer, I believe. And there's one other one. And you have to... <clears throat> so the blue... The blue uh, port that you need to get the beam to is acro- across these two windows and to the right. The red beam for that is across these two windows to the left. So there is literally, that I could see, no way oh, to I get think those I might two have- to not cross. I think I might have ran into the puzzle you did, and it turns out you can just go a little bit behind everything. There's like a back door kind of. Well, this. Well, how how far? Did, first, well, how did, how far did you get, Willie? Because this was in the third tower. Did you get to the third tower? Third bro, I, I didn't do any of the puzzles in the third building, no. Uh, or building? Yeah, sorry. No. Uh, okay. I know. I think I know the one you're talking about, where you had to loop it around the two pillars yeah, to kind of go okay. behind each other. Yeah. No, this one. The, I don't know how to describe it. Like this one, there's no possibility for that. Like I don't know how to. I don't know. It's very. It just it stumped me. It legit stumped yeah, me. I don't know. That might have been one of the ones that I spent like 45 minutes trying to figure out because there were some puzzles. Have I, you tried turning it off and back on again? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember uh, sending you a screenshot of it, Nate, and you replying like that one took me a while. Yeah. And it's just like fuck and then it took me a while longer and i still didn't figure it out so i gave up i'm gonna be honest i'm kind of starting to feel a little glad i didn't bang my head against these puzzles as long as i could have yeah and especially in your case i'm glad you didn't either because like you were starting a new job and doing all that stuff like me i started the game like almost as soon as we finished recording the last podcast i was like i just want to and i started really getting into it really hardcore so it wasn't a problem but in a way, it was a problem because I did start having Talos principal dreams. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I meant I meant to ask you about this. Like, yeah, let's hear some more about that. Please, yeah, elaborate because I love I love slash hate when I have video games dreams. So I'm curious if you have the same problem that I. I, have. I absolutely hate when I have video game dreams like for things like this because the last time it happened was when I was playing NGU Idol way too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, you literally quit playing the game after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was glad this game had an ending so I could stop playing it and I haven't had the dream since. A&G Idol does have an ending it's just two years into Fuck the game. Fuck that. I think. Uh, <laughs> but no, like with this I was just having dreams where I was walking around like very Grecian like ornamented areas carrying around jammers and lasers and having to solve these puzzles myself but they were like all never ending puzzles kind of things because it was just shit my brain was concocting while I was asleep. I just remember just doing that for hours in one room. I was like, oh, God. When I woke up, I was like, oh, thank God. I'm not still playing Talos Principle. Like, those were not very good rusty nights. You know what I mean? You poor son of a bitch. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, That happens to me every time I have a marathon session of Civilization. If I play Civ 
four, five, or six. I've never, you know, I haven't really messed with the other ones, but like any of those, if I play for like four or five hours, which I'm known to do, when I get into a Civ game, I will sit there and play Civ for 10 hours. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I will go to sleep and have a turn that never ends. And I'm constantly trying to get all my people to do something and I'm freaking out about it and I have anxiety the entire time. And I wake up with anxiety, which for people who know, waking up with an anxious stomach, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to run to the bathroom and throw up. And what sucks about that is it's all stomach acid. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's always rough, bro. So I, I have to like limit myself. If I'm playing Civilization, I'm going to play it during the day. If I'm playing it at night, that's just that's just me hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, like it doesn't happen all the time. Like, like I've been playing a ton of Tears of the Kingdom. I'm not having Legend of Zelda dreams, like you know what I mean. But like some games just hit your brain in a certain way that I guess it's probably a bit of a stress thing too. Because like I think that's part of the reason why I like game like Talos Prince because it stressed me out a little bit while I was playing it. So I think there's a little bit of that involved. Because you get that stress release when you figure right. it out. Yeah, it's problem solving 101. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that probably has a lot to do with that kind of reaction and why it would kind of bury itself in your subconscious to make you dream about it. Like, I wasn't having dreams about the storyline or anything like that. It was just the action of solving puzzles over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And and it's kind of like the same thing with Civ. It's, it's never me winning or anything like that. It's me trying to build my civilization the best so i'm like stressing out over okay does this city need a monument or does it does it need a granary okay what about this city what about this a little too close to cleopatra's burger she's gonna yell at me yeah she's gonna bitch oh god we gotta keep gandhi happy everybody keep gandhi happy for the love of god for the love of all that's holy if gandhi's in your game keep him happy oh man um i do want to say that there were some nifty mods for this game that I never got to experience because apparently all of this fucking mods on the Steam Workshop just don't work anymore. Um, but there were a few. I'm going to go b- browse them real quick so I can tell you. Where is the Talos Principle? I had it pulled up and then I clicked off of it to talk about something else. There we go. So... Uh, one of the ones I can remember right offhand. So the 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 ball, the floating uh, ball droid things that don't explode, the ones that just go back and forth. Yeah. There was one that turned those into a pokeball. Aww. Right. And then um, clearly, you have to turn the ones that do explode into a Voltorb, right? <laughs> randomly, <clears throat> there is a mod to make your character that you play as. Um, Neptune or Nepgear from the Hyperdimension Neptunia series. Like, that is the most random thing. Don't know why. Oh, um, there's, there's also a mod to make your character Robocop. Uh, there's a mod that does different colors. Um, there's one that make the turrets look like the turrets from Portal. <clears throat> which, awesome. Uh, there's also a, one that make you look like Chell from Portal. Nice. Yeah, those make a lot of sense to me. And before the official DLC, there was a mod that makes your character look like serious sam and they're the last one that i loved of course was it a mod that turns all of the cubes into companion cubes <clears throat> so just like a little random shit none of them work oh no i could not get one so of maybe them maybe some update broke all the old mods or whatever maybe when they released it, the it actual dlc mm. that, that's a possibility it just broke them one of the dlc probably just broke it and everybody's like meh that game is old right but Blame here's what here's what God. 
when Talos Principle 2 comes out, I'm going to be impressed if there's another like Neptune, some kind of Neptune crossover. I'm going to be like, hell yeah, I'll check that mod out. <laughs> um, I do want to say through this playthrough, um, my Elohim was not normal. Um, I have the serious DLC, which you you can change the look of your character to make you kind of look like serious Sam. So uh, if you go into third person in this game, because there is first person and third person, um, you kind of just look like a robot. <clears throat> if you use the serious DLC, it puts the little bomb logo on your back, kind of makes your upper a little white, it makes your legs blue, and it makes your hands yellow. So it's like <laughs> you kind of look like you're wearing the the Sam gear. Nice. Um, and there's also a thing that makes Elohim talk like Sam. Hey, welcome in. You know, so like the I believe it's in the second building, building B, where you go in and it's a bunch of desert levels. Mm. You first walk into there. He goes, all right, we got to have a talk, Crow Team. What is it with you in desert levels? I mean, every game, there's always a desert level. <laughs> He's just like ripping them about their deserts and, and sand. He's like, I'm tired of the sand in my ass or whatever he says. Um, there's also like a lot of puns where he's like, you could say that this isn't our first encounter. <laughs> in fact, well, and they'll be like, in fact, you can go buy Sirius Sam first encounter. <laughs> it, just, it just cracks me up. Uh, if you're ever going to do a second playthrough on the Talos Principle, I highly recommend doing the the Elohim voice of nice. Sam. It's just it's tremendous. Um, I will say during my playthrough, uh, I ran into one really weird Easter egg. I feel like it was an Easter egg or something. Uh, it's like I was in this. Well, I think it was in Building C, and there was like this church building looking thing. And I walked into there was a door up front. I was like, it'd be really funny if I could go through this door. Walked through, walked, literally walked through the door, and it took me into this room where there was just this, like, kind of looked like a 1920s mobster guy with a pile of money, just going, <laughs> money, <laughs> money. That's absolutely oh. an Easter egg. I had no idea that existed. And I was just like, what am I looking at right now? It was just, like, the most bizarre thing. And I was like, okay, tell us, principal, you bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have um, a screenshot of it. Do you? Yep. Let me paste it. Let me see. In the group chat. Real quick. Not the group chat, but the show chat. Huh. He even has like a stocks craft behind him. <laughs> Fork Parker. Parker. This is going in out of context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the other Easter eggs... Um, like I believe in uh, in World A Seven, there's an SOS on the far right of the shore. If you just go running around the level, you can see a giant SOS. Um, there's a terminal you can find with the blue screen of death. I did find that too. Um, let's see some of the. I'm just scrolling through these. There's a developer island that you can find in the hub in front of level seven teleporter. Go through the wall on the other side of the hub where a teleporter would be if there was another level between six and the one blocked by wood. That was hard yeah, to see, say. Like, part of me was sense. wondering if I'd like discovered something. It was like maybe they were referencing like the seven deadly sins and this guy was like greed. 
And I was wondering if there was like six more that you could run into because that kind of would have fit the theme a little bit, I felt like. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about that. Um, you could find a Pac-Man <laughs> in World B3. Uh, you could find Sam's room in World B6. I'm looking for the the mobster guy. Yeah, Fork Parker and Money. Uh, World C2 from the teleporter. Go straight ahead into the red door of the chapel looking building and it is not solid. Yeah, and that is apparently Fork Parker is a character in one of the series Sam games. Oh, okay, Crow Team. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the thing, I don't know if we've touched on that yet. Um, this game started as a proof of concept for the engine that they were going to use for Serious Sam 3. And they were like, hey, what if we made a puzzle game? That would be cool. And then they just did it. They made a puzzle game. <laughs> they did. And uh, when we eventually get around to Serious Sam 3... Um, we'll see how it plays. <laughs> we'll see how it plays. Oh, shit. Oh, it doesn't matter. I guess <clears throat> technically my next host pick should be a serious Sam game because of the year coming up. But we can wait. We can postpone that. Okay. Because I'm very curious what you're going to pick. <laughs> and I need to know. Um, yeah. Um, so is there anything else that you guys would like to touch on about this game? Like, I don't want to dive terribly too much in the story because A, I know Willie hasn't beat it. And B, uh, people might be interested in checking it yeah, out. I think it's worth checking um, out for the story. If the whole philosophical yeah. thing appeals to you, I don't want to kind of give the whole thing away. So check it out. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those like DDLC. You should just experience it for the most impact. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we gave away we, too much of it to take away the impact that it would have. I yeah. was gonna. I was literally just about to say. I think we've covered enough where we've left enough on the table that it's still worth going out and checking out for Totes. yourself. Other than just the puzzles, they will. Some of those puzzles, man, just be prepared. Yeah, just be It'll prepared. You're like, oh, this game's freaking easy. What are these guys talking about? They suck. And then you're like, uh oh. Okay. Oh. Unless you just this are what they were talking about. we are idiots. So, yeah, you never know. And that is totally possible. <laughs> that is totally possible. All right, then. Uh, I guess that just leaves ratings. So, what would uh, what would you give this? Let's start with Will. Will, what would you give Why this? Why do you always have me lead? That's where I had to lead the last one. All right, Nate, what about you? What would you, what would you give this game? Yeah, I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty good game. I like the way that... It handled the puzzles for the most part. I think it kind of started losing some steam at the end. I think it might have honestly overstayed its welcome just a touch. Not too bad, but it's just a little bit. I like the story. I don't think I was as blown away by it as you might have wanted me to be, Dalton. I thought it was good. No, that's fine. Like, not, not too incredible, but I think it overall was a really good game and a really good package. So for me, I'm giving this like eight platforms out of ten Serious Sam's. Okay. While I'm thinking about it, you made it to the tower. You remember the the two other entities in the yes. tower. So those were two of the people that you were reading QR codes from yeah. throughout the entire yeah. game. Like blew my mind when I first figured that out. Sorry, I meant to mention yeah. that earlier. I, I picked that up that immediately. Like, <laughs> I was just oh, like, one thing we didn't mention oh. though, real quick, while we're still talking about my writing. I like the fact that if your friends have played it before, you can get their QR codes and see stuff that they had written. Because I ran into Dalton's and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I found one from uh Dane and I found one from Turtle Bear Man. You know, I, what was funny is I sent a screenshot of Dane 
or to Dane of the one that I found of him. And he replied back and he goes, I was about to ask you if you meant to post this in screenshots and then I actually looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so that's my eight, 8 out of 10. There you go. All right. Well, I'll go next. I'll make Willie go last. Um, I Coming back to this game, the, I guess because I knew everything in it already as far as the story goes and stuff, it didn't quite have the impact on me as it did the first time that I played it. Um, I still really enjoyed the puzzles um, and I really think that graphically this game holds mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. way better it than does. it should be. This game looks better than Lord of the Rings it, Call no of Duty. It looks way better. <laughs> like, way better. Like, a little fucking whoa, way better. Um, And I I like this game enough that one day I will buy Road to Gehenna and check that out just to see new puzzles. You know what I mean? Because it the point I got to the game, I remembered how annoying the tower was and climbing the tower and doing all those tight corridor puzzles and stuff. And I was like, I don't feel like doing that again. The core of my enjoyment is that first two thirds yeah. of the game is beautiful. Um, I I do want to say, uh, there the the distinct ending when to give you the difference in the endings without giving away what the endings are because Nate, I think you touched on what you saw, but that yeah. was about it. There is text that scrolls on the screen, and there is one significant one that will either say passed or failed. And if it says failed, congratulations, you got the bad ending of the game. If it says passed, congratulations, you made the right decision and you got the good ending of the game. So, well, I guess you good in quotes because it's a very ominous. Yeah, <laughs> it's very ominous. I wonder what the sequel is going to uh, be like for this game. Tbh, I am very hyped for the sequel. I'm very because think about how good this game looks for a 2014 game. The new game is going to look. It's probably going to make my computer. Hopefully. Melt. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it could come out looking like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give. I don't remember what I gave this. I should have went back and looked at what I gave this originally. Um, but I'm gonna give it and I'm gonna give it an eight as well. I'm gonna give it eight principles out of ten vice principles. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And while Willie, while you're giving your wrap up, I'm gonna look for that thing that um brian made that has everyone's or all the ratings on it yep fair enough so um this game had a lot to like and also felt like it had a lot of bloat um it definitely like it does a lot of things really well there's a lot of really good writing in it there's a lot of really unnecessary you know Doom 3 PDA type of just here is an email to let you know that there were people involved in this in case you didn't think that the people were people and like the puzzles like there was like ridiculously easy tutorial puzzles and ridiculously hard puzzles and then like solid puzzles and I I feel like like graphically there are a lot of cool things like I think I'm going to give this game the rating of very strong recommendation if you like this genre absolutely missable if you're not interested in the subject matter or the uh, style of game and call it a seven and a half. Sounds fair. That does sound fair. <clears throat> All right. Um, Did you find your I rating? I found the file. Let me Control F, browse it real quick. I originally gave this game a 9.95. Wow. 
because I remember at one point me and Ryan were given ridiculous number ratings, I think, <laughs> like 7.246 <laughs> and things like that. So, <clears throat> yeah, it got a 9.95. Um, Ryan gave it a 10. Okay. All righty. I think it's very good. I don't think it's borderline perfect. Yeah, that's fair. Like, especially when the most obvious comparison is Portal. It's just a game with no fat on its bones whatsoever. Yeah. And, I mean, um, considering that the most obvious two points to compare them on are puzzle design and writing, I think Portal is just way tighter on both of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that coming back. But you got to remember, too... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This was the tenth game we did. Yeah, yeah so and I'm, like, not, I'm not saying that's a bad review. I think that <clears throat> just you didn't have your skull calibrated yet. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we're almost three years into this bitch now. I know. That's boot me. We've been here longer than we haven't at this point. I think it's yep. crazy. Yeah. Uh, but you boys ready to roll into our fan questions? Um, Let's get it. Yeah. What was that, Dalton? Let's get it! Alright. The first question comes in from Adam. What's up, Adam? Uh, what were, what is the best made and worst made puzzle in a video game? The worst puzzle in a video game is the cat hair mustache puzzle from, I think, Gabriel Knight 2. It's <laughs> a good answer. It has to be, uh, you know, I was thinking something completely different, but now that you say stuff like that, it has to just be anything from a point-and-click adventure game. So I'm going to say the puzzle in, um, what was that one, Full Throttle, where you had to climb the tower and move the levers to pick up the car. Oh, that was really annoying, yeah. Yeah. That's mine. Worst. Okay, so we're all going to go point and click adventure. Broken sword. <laughs> uh, the fucking goat. You had to do what to oh, a goat? Like, <laughs> I, know, I know the you, puzzle you, you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to... <clears throat> now, in the words of Bob, Bob Saget, you look like a goat fucker. Don't fuck goats. They eat tin cans and shit. They'll bite your dick <laughs> right off. <laughs> um, the best puzzle. Yeah, the best. The Man. best. So... The one that immediately jumped to my mind, and I don't know if this would be the best, arguably, but this is the first one that popped into my head when I read that. Do you guys remember the puzzle, and I think it was Portal 2, where you had to climb the tower. Damn it. Using the portals. And like having to like use the... Was that really the one you were going to say? Dude, that's such a good puzzle. Yeah, I love that. It was the first one that jumped on my mind, too, because like you had to come up with creative ways to use momentum and two different color port. Like, oh, God, it's so good. Yeah, totally agree. That was my answer, too. What you will? The maze of twisty passages all alike. It's a, a puzzle from the game Adventure, like Colossal Cave. And basically, the only way you can figure out how things connect to each other is by dropping uh, an item in each room and then kind of writing down which way it goes. And each direction doesn't necessarily take you back to the same room. So if you go up and then down, or if you go northwest and then southeast, you don't necessarily go back to the same room. So you have to kind of write down every single exit. It's like a weird way to create a maze that could only have possibly worked in a computer game format despite the fact that it was like, you know, like the 1970s when they made it. Nice. Well, that's super cool. 
I remember this is just the the fact that it was a maze reminded me of it. A buddy of mine, Joey, was making a RPG Maker game one time, <coughs> and he made a forest that you had to go a specific direction, like the Lost Woods in uh, Zelda. Yeah, exactly what he based it on was the Lost Woods in Zelda, but he named it the Konami Forest. Oh, so you had to go up, up, down, down, left and right, and left and right. I like that. Yeah. That's cute. That's very good. Yeah, and I was like, bro, that's brilliant. And I don't know if he ever did anything else with it, but he made that. And I was like, bro, I really like that. You should you do more. And he never did. <laughs> nice. All right. So our next question comes in from Team Retrogue. Check him out on YouTube. Do you have any games you on your phone, and do you actually play them? Dalton. Yes. Um, I have an idle game on my phone that I've really enjoyed. In fact, uh, I don't know if he listens to this show, but shout out to JRPG Report Discord member, Patreon member, and listener, Kularian. Um, he told me about a phone game that he plays called Grimoire. And it's just it's just a little idle like tapper game, and it just builds up numbers and stuff. It's, you know, NGU idle for your phone. Yeah. And I really like it. Um, I also play one called Cats and Soup. Cats and Soup. Which is just an idle game where these cute little animated little cats, they're just making soup and making food and <laughs> stuff, and you run a little thing. Um, I also, like, I, for a while, I was fucking around with these little games that, uh, like, they're so stupid. And I paid money to make the ads go. It was one of those games where, like, I enjoyed playing it enough because it was monotonous yeah. that I paid to make it have no ads because it was throwing ads at me every 30 seconds. And uh, yeah, so but I that was Pixel Demolish, and then I've I have Raid Shadow Legends on my phone. I don't ever really load it into it, but I do have it because every now and then I'm like on the toilet for a long period of time and just feel like playing an RPG. Um, and then I have some fishing games. Nice, because you know you know uh, uh, this show and fishing is synonymous. Weirdly enough, or fishing games at least, yeah. Yeah, for me, I have two games on my phone that I actually play. I have a few others, ones that I used to play and ones that I think I'm going to play at some point that I never will. But the two that I actually play are Pokemon Go. I don't think I need to describe that one to anybody. And Sonic Dash, which is kind of like a temple runny type game with Sonic characters. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I used to play a lot more phone based games and i just kind of fell off of most of them so lately if i'm pulling out my phone to just kind of kill some time the two main things i do is uh there's a microsoft solitaire suite that's available for phone that has like uh klondike free cell spider and then two bad games that i don't like to play (laughs) and then um i also play a lot of like just randomly pulling up a chess like the chess.com uh app which i think is just called chess on iphone and playing against the random bots on there like especially the beginner bots just kind of you know i got five minutes let me embarrass a beginner bot (laughs) nice i uh i mention this all the time uh when we talk about mobile games but i gotta give a shout to two games that aren't around anymore because they're developer the people that were you know keeping them running and everything they went under but hellfire the summoning and the game blood brothers I think you both literally mentioned those. these on either the last episode or the one before that. They're both, and I won't go into detail about them. It's just they were my favorite phone games ever. And it was during that heyday where, like, the microtransactions weren't egregious. It was just, like, pay for no ads, and that was it. Yeah. And it was they were so good, and they're gone forever. You can find the APKs, but you just can't connect to the server to play. 
Sucks. Yeah. All right. This next one also is from Team Retro. Zelda Ocarina of Time. Tell me how you really feel. Have it on 3DS, played it for about two and a half hours and went, well, that was about it. Yeah, I, I think it's a product of its time. I think it was a really important game and it did a lot for ex- like the genre of making worlds bigger and bigger and bigger. Because when that game first came out and you walked out into the open plain leaving Kakariko Village, everything felt so big and open and wide. Oh, buddy, it does not feel like that as an adult when we have, um, you know, trails, like trails, good God, uh, Tears of the Kingdom yeah. and Skyrim, like, it just does not feel big anymore. Well, <clears throat> and that's what I was going to say is that, like, my first big jump from, like, those types of games was the first time I loaded up Oblivion and walked out of the sewer and it was just like, boom. Here's this entire world. Go do whatever you want. And it was like, what? And I, I get that Ocarina of Time. It's kind of like when I when you go back to those, like, like so Grand Theft Auto 3. You're like, man, that game was so cool. And you go back now and there's like 10 pedestrians randomly strolling about, maybe two cars in traffic. Not a lot going on, right? Compared to when you load up GTA 5 and there's realistic traffic and pedestrians roaming around and stuff it's just it's wild yeah i think it was a good game i mean you know I, that's a controversial opinion i know i'm very brave for saying <laughs> <man>. <laughs> it was a good game i like i, I, I liked it it doesn't mean i really go back and revisit a lot of the those hey. very transitional games yeah listen <laughs> hey listen no. Uh, the next one comes in from Team Retro. If you were to actually buy one of the handhelds, I seem to have a crippling addiction to collection. Which one would it be? Steam Deck excluded. You bastard. Um, Fucker. Dude. Does the Switch OLED count? Because that looked really nice. <laughs> Got him. Got him on a technicality. Um, you've covered so many, and they all have such hard-to-remember names. One name that I remember was like the Odin one. I remember that one looking pretty cool, mm. so I'm going to go with the Odin. I also don't remember names, but I would I would trust your judgment, and I would ask you which one of these emulates PlayStation One the best, yeah, and which one of those supports the biggest memory card, and that's all I need to know, or SD card or whatever. That's what I need to know. Yeah, and I'll buy that one. <laughs> Good enough. All right. Just because I'm tired of saying his name a million times in a row, I'm going to skip down to another one. This one's from Jeff. Is The Legend of Zelda an RPG or is it an adventure slash puzzle? Um, I think it's an adventure game with RPG elements. It's not an RPG, but it's more of an action adventure. That's what I was going to say. It's an action adventure with puzzle. Yeah. The difference between action RPG and adventure game is so razor thin that it really doesn't matter and I don't care. Fair enough. Will is getting sleepy and grumpy. Our next <laughs> question... <laughs> Maybe maybe a little sleep. I wasn't being grumpy. I just I think that a lot of times genre related questions just kind of hair splitting. That uh, I don't know. It does it. I don't know how it matters. I always just associate RPGs with leveling up your character, like uh, stat wise. Yeah, but that's not always the case. Well, you can gain health points. Yeah, and stamina. Um, our next and, uh, inventory and next weaponry yeah. and. Next question from Team Retro. If you absolutely have to be outside, what's your favorite outside location? Um, 
Nikolov, I sure. like being outside, so I'm happy being outside. But my favorite place to be is in the woods, just walking a trail. It's just a happy place for me. I also like walking trails and stuff. Um, oh, let's see. That or just like chilling out under the stars somewhere with a you know, no, not a lot of light pollution. A controversial opinion. I like fishing, so put me on a lake. <laughs> Yeah, being out, being on the lake's great too. I kind of miss being just out in city streets at night, you know, having all the lights out. That's kind of nice. Yeah. All right. This one also is from our buddy Team Retrogue. How do you predict your video games habits changing in the next five years? Honestly, bud, I'm in my mid to late 30s. They haven't changed much in the last five years. They're not going to change much in the next five years. It's just going to keep going this way. <laughs> I might start picking up more odd systems to start trying out that I never got into when I was younger. I've never played any Intellivision games or anything like that, but I think that's just going to be it. It's just going to be getting more specific into the weird bullshit I already like. Oh, yeah. This question highly depends on if I'm ever a stepdad or not. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, being a single dude, like, if I end up with a chick that's got a kid, that might... <laughs> hinder some gaming time but like other than that uh on my habits i mean i don't think i'm gonna try to force myself to beat games anymore yeah like there for a while for the show i was like i have to beat every game we play because that was like one of the things i started like i'm gonna beat games but now i just want to like play them and enjoy them and if i happen to like it enough to beat it i'm gonna beat it um yeah and yeah so but i mean if it, like i said if i if i ever end up with a chick with a kid or kids let me put a quote on that because who who knows these days um i might play a little less than i do now because I, I do play quite a bit of video games these days but i kind of lately been doing a lot of singing and stuff so hell i don't know play fortnite with the uh, kids come on man oh yeah i mean i would be playing games with the kids obviously just not i'm not gonna be like hey you're six you want to play divinity original sin <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's i don't know we'll see okay this next one comes in from our boy Chadwich. Hey, fellas, have y'all seen the anime Record of Ragnarok? It's about the gods and all fates in mythology having one-on-one -on -one fights to the death with the greatest of humans of history. For example, the first match is between Thor, God of Thunder, and Lu Bu, the Chinese general. It's some good campy fun. Anyways, my question is, other than Kratos, which video game character would you champion to kill a god? Well, I feel like this is definitely one of those ones where I would usually jump right in and pick the Doomslayer because I'm pretty sure canonically at this point, he's killed enough major level demons and stuff and probably in the newer games, like God level characters, that he's probably up there. But that's actually not my answer. Ooh. I would take someone that has a certified God body count. Kirby. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that's who I was picking too. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, Kirby is a God Slayer. He's a badass. I mean, I could just say, like, insert JRPG. I was also here. thinking that. Because they all go to kill God at the end of every video game. <laughs> but if I had to pick a character just because, like, of how much he he is just, like, the embodiment of hunting and slaying something. And, like, you, you prep. You get your oils. You know, maybe there's like an oil that the god is weak against. You fucking lather your sword up with it and shit. And my answer is Geralt of Rivia. 
Mm. Well, let me see that witcher go out there and witch himself a god. I like it. It could happen. I like it. I'm going to go a little bit oddball with this one because I just think it'd be a fun fight. I don't think they're going to win. It didn't say they have to win. I want Dan Habiki to fight a god. <laughs> <laughs> Dan from Street Fighter. Oh. <laughs> I, you I know, know what, name, though, the wildest part is I could actually see Dan Hibiki, like, throwing out his wacky-ass little uh, Shoryuken variation and actually crushing Dagoth-er as he goes, I'm a god! I'm <laughs> a god! That's also true. We didn't say which god. So, yes, I want Dan to beat the shit out of Dagoth. <laughs> I love it. What a strange and intoxicating innocence. <laughs> I'll show you intoxicating. <laughs> Got a couple more questions, and then we're going to go into our fewer people wrote in with some of their favorite memories from the show, because this is basically our three-year anniversary. So a few more questions, we'll get to memories. Um, This one's from Master Loot, and I think we kind of covered this in the episode a little bit, but how difficult is it to find side collectibles in Talos Principle? Extremely at times. It can be very hard. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you got to do some serious logical thinking sometimes to get where you're looking to go this next one is from jerf mr uh mr syllables um what are your top three games and bottom three excluding blair witch because we know that's bottom of the barrel um i kind of already thought about this one a little bit and i went with all show picks so things we've played for the Mm show so my bottom three since i can't pick blair witch are dragon a game about a dragon Gex, and I'm trying to remember Duke Nukem Manhattan Project. <laughs> oh, fuck. We did play Weesh. that, didn't we? What a forgettable yep. game. So those are my bottom three. <laughs> my top three were also played for the show, which you guys probably know what they are before I even say them. Is it Hollow Knight, Dragon Quest Eleven, and Yakuza It Zero? sure as fuck is. <laughs> Damn, I forgot about Hollow Knight. I was thinking it was going to be Trails and then those other two. But... <laughs> What about you, Will? I mean, I guess my top three then would have to be Doom 2, Hollow Knight, even though I didn't play it for the show, and Yakuza 0. Hell yeah. Uh, my bottom three... Uh, Blair Witch, again. I'm, I mean, it's art, but we can't even say Blair Witch, damn it. Um, for show picks... Um, I really scraped the bottom of the barrel to find the three worst ones. You could just say that. I don't think you did, because Dragon isn't as bad as... I hated um, Dragon, dude. <laughs> Nate hated Dragon enough that I wanted to play a game called It'll Do, and he just goes, that kind of looks like that game. I don't want to play that. (laughs) And It'll Do is a completely different style game of everything. (laughs) Uh, What were the three you said? I said Gex, Dragon, and Duke Nukem Manhattan Project. I'm actually surprised Battleship didn't make your bottom three. Eh, I don't think it was a bad game. It just wasn't for me. I think that, unfortunately, that. unless we're counting, like, Halloween short games like SCP, it's going to be, I don't know, I think i basically still in your list. Yeah, I, yeah it's fair. The, sad, the <clears throat> SCP staircase game, though, really did not. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Or no, uh, we all played different versions of that, didn't we? No, I think we ended up finding one version that we could all get. Yeah. But you did also find like the PlayStation looking one that was probably better. Yeah. Um, 
So for the worst games, because that's kind of what I'm browsing. Also, quickly, we mentioned. Oh no, actually, we'll touch on that. Never mind. Sorry, ignore me. Uh, Corpse Party Blood Drive. Yes. Mm. Not yeah. good. That one made you pretty mad. I feel yes, like. it did. I remember that episode. I bet I know another one. The oh god, the one from the three short games episode. The yeah, you would be correct, sir. <laughs> Tiny Bridge that Rat one. Venture. That was. I remember it had rats in it, but I was going to say bad rats. Oh, well. You definitely have done bad rats for the show. Yeah. Oh, well. The worst rat related game so far. Ugh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that game was bad. Um, if Ryan was here, he'd say Snake Pass. <laughs> if Ryan was here, he would absolutely say Snake Pass, even though I thought that game was charming. Um, sorry, I'm kind of scrolling because, again,. You've done a lot more episodes than we have. It's fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, um... And we can't say Blair Witch. I liked Gex, from what I remember. It wasn't my favorite, cause, but I have nostalgia yeah. for the series. Um, I didn't hate Gex or Dragon that much. It's just we didn't play a lot of really terrible games. For no, show. I think most of the terrible games happened pre-us. <laughs> like, yeah. At least as far as whole week episodes. Yeah. Like, there were very few ones I absolutely hate fucked, except for Blair Witch and... I'm surprised you didn't say Outlast, Willie. <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, yeah, can I just I'll say Outlast in Doom Three. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm also gonna go Duke Nukem. Yeah, that was a bad game. Yeah, I think that it just not it, only was it, it a bad game, but we got so mad about playing it, and we got like weird behind the scenes about it. Like that one almost tore us apart. <laughs> the thing about that game. Was it wasn't bad enough for us to shit all over it and have a good time? Yeah, it wasn't fun. It also wasn't good at all. (laughs) So it was very mediocre in every way, and it was just bland and bad, and it was shovelware. Yeah, it's tainting Duke Nukem's name. I'm so mad at his name. Great taint right now. (laughs) Um, my favorite games for the show. Jesus Christ! I know because you have Kingdom Hearts to deal with. Yeah, but that's not in my... <clears throat> I don't think that's in my contention, as much as I love that game. Um, Trails in the Sky. Yakuza 0. And here's where it gets difficult, is narrowing down that yeah. third one. Um, Truncate Silence will handle this. You know, <clears throat> for the sheer amount of enjoyment that I had playing this game on my PC for the first time after playing it on my PS4 Spider-Man. Yeah, that's fair. Spider-Man was so good. And the fact that Spider-Man Miles Morales is now out on PC and then now they're... Did y'all watch the trailer for Spider-Man 2? Yeah, it looks good. Oh, I get like a 10 minute trailer and it it was like I was just glued to my screen the whole time. It looks so good. And once that exclusivity deal Mm -hmm. is up and they bring it on over because by the way, we didn't mention quickly. Uh, they're bringing over the new Ratchet and Clank yeah, game. Looks really to good. PC. Like I'm excited to play that one. Actually, oh, bro, that opens up a whole possibility of PC getting like a Ratchet and Clank collection, which opens up a possibility of us getting a Jack and Daxter collection. Yeah. <laughs> which <clears throat> I'm, I mentioned it on the show. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> it is now in the ether. Um. That would be super cool. But I'm just hyped that they're bringing any Ratchet and Clank. Because that is like, I'm so happy to see Sony bringing more of these games over that were exclusives. You know, so they started with God oh, of yeah. War. And then they were like, oh, this prints money. I think it's a sign yeah, okay. of where the gaming industry is heading. 
For sure. I mean, I don't think Nintendo's going to play ball, but I think everyone else is going to be moving in this direction. Can you imagine, though? Nintendo. Yeah. Not even on Steam. Nintendo could start their own platform on PC and make Buku money. Yeah, but Nintendo's way too stupid about computers and the internet to do that. That's also true. This is where we need, like, Sega to come in and handle this market. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty bad when you're like, you know who makes better decisions with you than business does? Sega. <laughs> <laughs> Sega. Sega. All right, next question. Okay, our next question, and the last question, comes in from Fenris. What is your, what is hey, your hey. favorite song? From any soundtrack of any game. Don't make that easy on us, Fenris. <laughs> I actually do have an answer for this. It is Vampire Killer from Castlevania. I was literally going to say Bloody Tears. It's valid, dude. Castlevania is straight up bangers all the time. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take something different, though. At least get out of the same genre. Uh, Battle of the Big Bridge, Ooh, Final Fantasy very good. V, the Gilgamesh team. Very good. Well, you'd probably never see my choice nah. coming. But my song starts off with just vocals, and it sounds something like Evos Luches Evos Evos Dude, Libre Fatalis from Final Fantasy VIII all day. I really thought you were making me a that. Persona 5 joke at the beginning of he Oh, was I know. I, sw- I swerved you. Yeah. I swerved you. You got us. I got swerved. I pulled a Vince Russo <laughs> on you. Dang. Oh, right. He just took Don't a tell huge Jim Russo Cornette. and then he wiped his bitch off. <laughs> good, good, good choices, folks. I like them. All right. Here comes some of the favorite memories from our people over our last three years. This one comes in from Mr. Syllables himself, Jeff. Still, his favorite memory is the four of us playing Phasmophobia together before his first episode he recorded with us. Oh my god! And I wish that was live streamed and recorded for posterity because it was so funny. Oh, yeah. Dude, <clears throat> if longtime listeners know the story, but for those of you who might be new around here, we're playing Phasmophobia. Jeff had never really played before, and we're all in there. And all of a sudden, we and let me back away from my microphone when I do this. All of a sudden, Jeff just goes, "Oh my god, he's got an axe!" Ah! And then just silence, and we were like, "Oh, Jeff's dead." <laughs> But he sounded so genuinely terrified. It was beautiful. Yeah, and it was just so good because, like, the way Phasmophobia works if I play it is, like, you have to do, like, you have a press the talk button. So if you're talking, you have to be holding the button. And if you die, it immediately cuts off all communication between you and your team. So he was literally screaming that at us as he was getting murdered. <laughs> yeah, it just cuts off mid-shriek. <laughs> It was it was so fun. It was so funny. He was just so game to just get out there and get murdered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would not mind playing that again for October this year. TVH because it has had a lot of updates. Yeah. Honestly, that's fair. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and we could get you to do some VR bullshit at some point. True. Which would be funny. I did not play VR for Tales of I just didn't feel like it. <laughs> you you yeah you thought about it and then you saw how long the game was and you're like nah. Yeah. I, I could imagine it would be fun though. Like. Although you dreamed it, so you pretty much played the VR. God, maybe I didn't want to do that. It was a good choice. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll be honest though, I don't like VR as much as some people do. I think it's fun and a novelty, but I just don't think it's great. It's very you novelty. Know? It's very novelty. I I much prefer 360 videos in a VR thing, so I can just look yeah. around. Like I take that over because I don't get sick. Sometimes the games yeah. make me sick. Hey, but anyway, sorry, it's a sad sad tangent there. Um, <laughs> This one's from Dane. His favorite memory was when he was recording with us. A lot of people recording with us have a lot of favorite memories from doing that. Was the look of realization on Willie's face during the first question on his Metal Gear quiz for the Metal Gear Revenge episode was priceless. He was literally describing Metal Gears for an RC car in a quiz about the Metal Gear Solid franchise. And Willie experienced all five stages of grief in 2.3 seconds. (laughs) I don't think that's fair. I think I experienced phases that don't exist. I went through like 11 phases of grief. I was in like absurdism and nonchalance and conjuring. Like I was just out there. Like the moment I realized that there were no actual relations to Metal Gear and it was literally just gears for RC cars. Like I went through so many different thoughts before I realized, oh... Oh, <laughs> oh like, I'm just picturing you literally that moment force reset is... my brain. <laughs> it's like when you pick up a cat in a certain way and set it down really hard, and the cat's just like, "Now what was I doing?" Eh, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's really funny. Uh, that was a really good name. Like you're such a bastard, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a hell of a prank. I loved it. I still won that game. He really did, bastard. This next one comes in from Team Retro. And he actually had two. His current favorite memory is when he confused Machine Head and Radiohead. (laughs) That was was such a wonderful moment. Because Dalton got really excited. He's like, ooh, somebody wants to talk about Machine Head. And then he was talking about Radiohead. Then Willie got really excited because he got to talk about Radiohead. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm over here like, damn it. I'm just vibing. Machine had only put out two of the greatest metal albums of all time. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, whatever. They was, they was just waiting. Maybe they actually beat Motorhead. Maybe I could talk to <laughs> And then his other, one of his other favorites was when we played Kingdoms of Amalur and the troll, he just killed parkour in mid-sneeze and died hovering in the air. I love video game glitches, dude. They're so good. I love Eurojank so much, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Adam really enjoyed that last um, Halloween compilation episode. Recovered some of out there games. It was super interesting hearing all the opinions. Yeah, I, I love the Halloween season when we do all those free games because it yeah. just always provides some level of weird entertainment. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, the I, thing is, love... that we, we don't really screen them very hard when we go into them either. Yeah, exactly. So that means that like, there's definitely a couple of them that surprise us in different directions than we thought they would surprise us yeah because like i remember like the not even last year but the one before that where we were just kind of scrolling through itch.io and dalton found that one horror game that was set in st augustine florida in an asylum and it was actually like really fucking well put together and good and it was just like a game jam two day of working on a game and it was like we were all surprised at how good that was and then sometimes you get the stairs in the woods where you just fuck up the stairs and have to stand there for five minutes so something happens and then it's just a jump scare <laughs> what's amazing to me is this... that one that's the craziest part <laughs> like i did have a great time with that game the stairs in the woods story is so wild and that game just did not <laughs> bring that across at all 
Yeah. But thank you guys oh, for writing in those man. memories because, like, I like I remember all yeah. of those. Those are all so good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, absolutely. It, it's been hella fun recording this game, this show with you guys. Oh yeah. And and if you're listening to this and you didn't get any questions in and you would like to put in memories, or if you're a listener, if it's not in the Discord, you'll get the link for that later. Um, hit us up on social media, tag us on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you know, and let us know. Like, I like to hear from people. Even yeah. if I've got to Google Translate what you say, that's fine. Like, I don't care. Type out however you got to. Send I mean, it to me in wingdings. I'll figure it out. Even if you think something I said was dumb as hell, like, say it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Give us a five-star review, then tell us how shitty we are. <laughs> Just make sure if it's five stars. Yeah, that, too. Just make sure it's five stars. <laughs> that way we'll read it. If it's a one-star, we won't pay attention to it, so. Yeah, exactly. I, I haven't checked how many reviews we have in a long time. I should do that while we're doing this next little segment. Yeah, well, this next little um, segment seems very important if it's what I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it let's is. go. So Nate's been between a lot of ideas for our next game. He sent us a list of 10 games he was considering, so... Yeah, I had a list of 10 games that I was considering. I had to eliminate a couple of them because I'm going to be out of town for like four days this week and they're too long for me to want... Because I want to beat both of these games, but I don't want to attempt to beat it in that time period. <sighs> okay, I know exactly the two just got yeah. knocked yeah. off too. Damn, so okay, continue. The ten. I lost a quarter to myself. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. So the 10 games that <laughs> no, I have okay. listed, these are 10 games that... No, I didn't. Sorry, content. I'm talking so about the 10 that. games that I have listed that I want to play... They were all really in contention this week. Were Resident Evil 2, Yakuza Kiwami 2, Turok, Dead Island, Okami, Slime Rancher, Subnautica, Tales in the Sky 2nd Chapter, Rayman 2, and Manier. All wildly different games, by the way. Like, you can see why I was struggling to decide between these. So the two that I immediately knew I had to eliminate, sadly, because I do want to play both of these really badly, were Tales in the uh, Trails in the Sky Second Chapter and Yakuza Kiwami Two. <laughs> so those were the two I initially. Then I looked through the list. I was like, I don't know that I want to play an old platformer. So Rayman Two got cut. And then Man Eater sounded like the least interesting to me out of the ones I had left. So that left me with Resident Evil Two, Turok, Dead Island, Okami, Slime Rancher, and Subnautica. Subnautica is still a lot of bangers on yeah, this list. Subnautica is also a little too long, so bye. Mm. Um, so before I just not go, I've got myself down to two last picks, and they both involve similar themes of zombies. Oh, huh. So that leave left me with Dead Island and Resident Evil Two. Okay. Oh. That's actually not where I thought you were going to land okay. at all. This is not. I did not plan for this one. My horse is coming around the bend. So, I wanted to... What you got? I, I struggled between these two, because Farming wants to play an action game, because we just solved a hell of a lot of puzzles, and... But... But... This game has puzzles in it, and we're going to be playing Resident Evil 2. Yes! I win a quarter! <laughs> yeah! Alright. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I hope you don't mind about the God Mode action movie the shit out of this game. <laughs> Just like so put you all know, the cheats on because I'm just gonna like throw on where I can't die. Like, I'll still worry about ammo and inventory and all of that, but I'm just gonna throw on where I can't die, and then I'm gonna enjoy the oh, shit yeah. out of this. Because Resident Evil, when I was a kid, 
I loved the idea of the games, but I died so much because tank controls back in the yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I was really sad, by the way, when Outlast 2 beat Resident Evil 2 in the fan poll for the Halloween games last year. And I feel justified because Outlast 2 sucked. And so now I'm ready to play Resident Evil 2 before Halloween. <laughs> All right. I do own that. Cool. I'll get that installed after we get done here. There you go, fellas. All right. That's an exciting pick, man. I definitely, if I had been asked to place a win place show bet, I don't think I would have made anything on that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Nate, could you do me a favor? I need you to make a note for our next episode. I'm going to give away a couple uh, game keys of random games because. I remember us saying that we would give away some keys when we hit 10 five-star ratings. We are now sitting at 11 ah, five-star yeah. ratings. Um, in you, fact, viewers. we only have we only have five-star ratings nice. so far. So that's what's up. Uh, so I would like to, um, right here at the end before we end, I want to read a couple of these that we've never read on the show before. Um, from The Real Mr. Puzzles, uh, three cool dudes trying to narrow down that unplayed Steam game list. Great to listen to and very involved with their community. If you like talking games with your friends, you'll feel right at home listening in oh, on these thanks, guys. Dane. So thank Appreciate you, Dane. That. And then from <clears throat> Brian, uh, Brian Doran, eighty-eight. Three rad dudes talking hilarious nonsense in video games. What needs? What more needs to be said? Dalton, Nate, and Willie give their opinions on the games they. Or, excuse me, on their opinions on games they play and have a few laughs in the process. The Steam Machine podcast reminds me of the days when I would chat with my own friends about games, and they've created an awesome community and generally spread good will and good vibes. Highly Aww. recommended. That's the goal, baby. We're just trying to spend, you know, spread that good vibe and bring people some joy of games and have a good old time. Now, this one, this one might be an older one, but I don't know if I ever read it on the show, but it's funny in retrospect now from. J.L. Hall Tech, which is our buddy James Hall. This was posted December 22nd, 2021. Okay. This show is amazing. The amount of enthusiasm and commitment the hosts put into the games they discuss is awesome, and I really appreciate all of the banter. Feels like listening to buddies hanging out and like you're one of them. Now do Nero time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we got to it a year later, but we did get oh, to please it. Still listening. <laughs> Oh, he does. He messaged me, and he was so excited when he said that he popped up and said near. He was like, oh, yes! So, yeah. In fact, I, I believe James is one of our patrons. In oh, fact, yeah, he is. Speaking uh-huh. of our patrons. Yeah. Speaking of our patrons, and the that takes us to the house cleaning. So if you would, if you would like to get your review read out when I remember to go and check... Uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be sweet. Or give us, I believe it's a thumbs up on Spotify and a good review. That would be awesome of you. If you would like to come join the Discord, it's where all the good stuff happens. Um, it's going to be bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. I might trickle out a couple codes in there as well for the people that are in there. So if you want to check that out, come join. Uh, if you want to check out the website, which is now up to date, thanks to one Mr. Puzzles Dane himself. Uh, bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast capitalized phonetically uh, if you want to join the patreon which would mean a shitload it helps me pay some bills and that means the world patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast um, shout out the yabs pod yet another bs podcast a bi-weekly show where me and my buddy jeremy on the off weeks of steam machine podcast uh, just talk some shit to each other basically for like two and a half hours 
uh, shout out to the JRPG report, which I did release a new episode of recently because there actually was JRPG news. Yay. It has been dormant forever. It's like, dude, okay, I cannot make a whole episode on this Genshin Impact and Honkai <laughs> Impact and whatever the Honkai Star Rail, the new one is. I'm like, dude, this, people don't, this, not, they're not even JRPGs. Um, anyway, new JRPG reports out. <laughs> Go check that out. It's a family-friendly show. You can listen to that around your kids. Do not listen to the Abspot around your children. Um, the merch link, you want to get yourself a shirt, that'd be sweet. Rep us. Tell your friends about us because we're all really, really bad at promotion. So if you could spread the show by word of mouth, that'd be sweet. And that you could start by wearing a lovely shirt with our logo on it, tsmpproductions.threadlist.com. Check out my music, nilethenightmare.bandcamp.com. And again, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. And I would like to give a special shout-out to our lovely patrons who donate $10 or more each and every month to the cause. Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper. Jeff, the original expendable Mr. Syllables, old Jeffy Lube himself. Aris Sir Adam, shout-out to his blog in the Discord, Revival and Extinction, while his show is on hiatus He's going to be like, why'd you give me the plug? Because, Adam, fuck you, that's why. <laughs> James the this. Steam Machine, hall monitor the hall. Team Retrogue, go check him out on YouTube. Team Retrogue is the man, Mr. Puzzles, Dane himself, and the new, and new patron member, Chad <laughs> the Mad Lad hey, Schaefer. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. We appreciate each and every one of you. We love you all. We will be back in two weeks talk about killing some zombies in my head anything else in my head zombie 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 hey 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 hey, hey oh